0: Welcome back to my podcast. Today I want to talk to you about probably who I would consider to be my earliest artistic influence. Um, you know, thinking about the whole topic of influence, you would think perhaps like maybe I was inspired by someone like um, J.C. Leindecker or Norman Rockwell or, you know, some, some of the more classical artists... But truth is, I actually didn't really become aware of those artists until uh, later in my life. For me, at the earliest stages, what I thought was cool (laughs) uh, was where I started looking first at artists. When When I think cool, one of the first things that always comes to mind is Dragon Ball Z. And so Akira Toriyama the artist and writer for all of Dragon Ball up to the end of Dragon Ball Z is the first artist that comes to mind. Yes, his art is not the most complex, but the man knows how to put together a composition and he knows how to tell a story. See, I, I love sequential art the most. Sequential art is simply a series of illustrations that tells a story, one image after another. Uh, comic book, comic books are the ideal sequential art format in my mind because you know that, that's all they are. A lot of the time, when uh, people think of comic books, they they remember the stories. You know, it's funny. I I've known people who. Will look at a comic book and they review the story and they review the writing, and they don't mention anything about the art, and yet, I would say two thirds of the story are told through the art, through the words that are not written. In comics, generally, what is written is simply script, uh, just you know the things that people say. There, there's nothing written like um, at least at the end. The actual comic that people see in front of them, you you don't get something like, he slowly crept, towards the door while, cool breath proceeded, uh, through his mouth and out his nostrils. That that's not, that's that's the way novels are, but comic books you get that through the art. And so, when I see an artist, who portrays a lot of stuff like that in a way that feels very natural to me. That's what I am drawn to. They don't even have to by natural I don't mean like photorealistic. I mean they convey it in a way that just feels good to look at. It's natural because the illustration Have you ever ever seen a drawing where you look at it and something just feels off like it doesn't fit and i'm not talking about like an alien or you know um something that just normally wouldn't be there because it doesn't exist i'm talking about like even in a science fiction image a properly crafted image everything should look like it belongs like it's a natural part of that scenery that 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 world but you might look at a drawing sometimes and you'll see something that it just feels so out of place. I think the mad magazine covers, I, I never really read the magazine, but I've seen a handful of the covers and I seem to recall that that's kind of the intent that they had behind them. They, they meant to, they, they wanted to draw, uh, your attention by imagery that looked out of place. But, um, For me, the best comic artists, especially, they can take anything and draw it, and it looks like it's supposed to be there. Um, Whether it's like Superman fighting an alien, or, um, you know, a planet with green trees, or blue trees, or like green water, um, purple trees, and red water it just it doesn't really matter if the artist can draw it in a way that feels natural to me that is exceptional now Kira Toriyama worked in black and white he, he was a mangaka he, he could watercolor images and he would on occasion but the majority of his art was in black and white because that was the format that he used to tell his stories and when you work in black and white like that you become very heavily reliant on the quality of your line work to tell the stories. He did not use a lot of screen tones. That's not to say he never used them, but he didn't use a lot of them. You'll see other uh, comic artists, especially manga artists, they'll have a lot of gray in their work provided by screen tones. Akira Toriyama didn't use a lot. He, He used black and he used white. And I enjoy that. Because, to me, if you can communicate something really well in just black and white, it shows how well you understand form and shape and what you're creating. And the man was good at it. Like, I I can even hear, just thinking about it, I have images that come to mind, just ones that stood out. From my read throughs of Dragon Ball, I've read through them at least a couple times. I, um, at one point I decided I wanted to create my own Dragon Ball character. And so I created a character named Genko. Uh, G E N K O. He was a Saiyan from the future. That was being destroyed by a futuristic version of Cell. I um, don't remember the exact science. It wasn't the same Cell that existed in the original Dragon Ball. It was a um, like a newer so Cell. Cell was an android. He was a biological android, and so he this was a newer android modeled after the original one. But it was like, I believe I called him Cell 3000 because it was supposed to be like 3000 years in the future. At a point where it was on an alternate, not alternate Earth, it was on another Earth like planet in the universe where the Saiyan race, some some of their survivors had escaped. Uh, And there were humans on that planet as well. And they had. I don't remember, it's my own story, but I don't, this part I don't remember. They either wiped out most of the human race and then started breeding with what was left to produce a, like, thoroughly um, mixed, say, in human hybrid race, or they simply mingled with the humans that were there and eventually, like, their blood was, their genetics were strong enough that they kind of overwrote human genetics as they continued to... Uh, procreate over time I don't remember but the point is Genko was one of these Saiyans and in a last-ditch effort to save their world Genko's father who was a quantum physicist created a time machine and took his pregnant wife to the past where she delivered her son and they essentially put him in the hands of Goku and Chi Chi and said, please turn him into a warrior so that he can save our future. And then the mom and the dad went back to the future and Genko was raised as Gohan's brother. Uh, Pretty much they they brought him the same day Gohan was born. Uh, Yeah, and so there's some birth complications and they, they, They have to do some kind of blood transfusion with Goku. And Bulma has to do something else involving... um, Some kind of biochemistry that causes Genko's blood to mutate... Into a um, different type of Saiyan. Like the first of his kind. uh, Which came with its own Super Saiyan transformations and things like that. derivatives of the normal ones. And you know... Being a er, er, young teenager, uh, you want to be the strongest, the, mo- the most powerful. So I created a character who had, like, was stronger than anyone else and didn't really have any weaknesses. And he was so cool. And then as I got older, <laughs> I realized that's not even how Akira Toriyama made his characters. His characters always struggled to win. They weren't the strongest. And that's part of... I mean, they, they were ridiculously strong but there was all there was always an enemy stronger that they had to work their way up to and so for me Akira Toriyama was both an inspiration for my art but he also got my imagination flowing about creating heroes creating worlds creating the characters that live in them he started in And in that process, he got me looking at myself like, what do I really want out of life? And I knew I wanted to do comic books. But like I've mentioned before, I would talk myself out of it because it's like, well, there's no money in comics. Comic books are starving artists. And, you know, I do wish that I had embraced my artistic side more. But I'm not going to beat myself up over it. My, um... I am where I am, and I like a lot of stuff about where I am in my life. My art style is still very geometric, very boxy in a lot of ways, which is something I got from my studying of Akira Toriyama's art. But to this day, I I favor not using screen tones, or if I do, I use them very almost like just as one flat tone. I don't need do like multiple levels of gray. I just... I'll use it like as a background or something to make my, the the black and white arts stand out and make it pop more. Um, I, I love just doing the black and white. Which is why the comic book I'm working on right now is black and white, because that's my favorite format. But yeah, Kiyo Toriyama. One of the biggest influences I have had one of the ones that got the fire lit inside of me to create art. I don't know if I would have ever pursued it to the extent that I did if I hadn't started trying to mimic his style. During that summer that I mentioned in a previous episode where I um was trying to draw comics, that was the story of Genko I was drawing, trying to mimic his style and learn from it. By the end of that summer, I had tweaked some of the way that I drew, so that it was no longer trying to purely mimic style, and I'd say that was the earliest phase of me starting to really develop my own style, is because I saw things that he was doing, and while I didn't think they were bad, that's not how I wanted to portray my art. <clears throat> I started having those earliest thoughts of how do I want this to look. That that and that's ultimately what style is. It's intentionally communicating shapes in a way that feels good to you. So, topic that that's topic for another time. But Akira Toriyama, if you haven't uh, read any of his stories, I'd recommend checking him out. Uh, he's not for everyone, I'll, I'll say that. But um, I, I I I love his stories. I think they're a lot of fun. That that and that's that's. That is a curatory If I was to use one word to describe what he tries to accomplish, uh, what he wants people to experience when uh, they read his comics, it would be fun. Uh, thanks for listening. I look forward to visiting with you again next time.